Chapter 17 through 22, Book 8, Volume 1 of Le Mort d'Atour. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by MJ. Le Mort d'Atour, Volume 1 by Sir Thomas Mallory. Book 8, Chapter 17 through 22. Chapter 17. How Sir Tristram fought with Sir Bleoberis for a lady, and how the lady was put to choice to whom she would go. Then Sir Tristram rode more than a pace until that he had overtaken him. Then spake Sir Tristram, Abide, he said, knight of Arthur's court, bring again that lady, or deliver her to me. I will do neither, said Bleoberis, for I dread no Cornish knight so sore that me list to deliver her. Why, said Sir Tristram, may not a Cornish knight do as well as another knight? This same day two knights of your court within these three mile met with me, and, or ever we departed, they found a Cornish knight good enough for them both. What were their names? said Bleoberis. They told me, said Sir Tristram, that one of them, hight Sir Sagamore, is desirous. What were their names? said Bleoberis. They told me, said Sir Tristram, that one of them, hight Sir Sagamore, le desirous, and the other, hight Dodinas le sauvage. Ah, said Sir Bleoberis, have ye met with them? So God me help. They were two good knights, and men of great worship, and if ye have beat them both, ye must needs be a good knight. But if it so be ye have beat them both, yet shall ye not fear me, but ye shall beat me, or ever ye have this lady. Then defend you, said Sir Tristram. So they departed, and came together like thunder and either bear other down, horse and all, to the earth. Then they avoided their horses, and lashed together eagerly with swords, and mightily now tracing and traversing on the right hand, and on the left hand more than two hours. And sometime they rushed together with such great a might that they lay both groveling on the ground. Then Sir Bleoberis, Durganis, stirred aback, and said thus, Now, gentle knight, a while hold your hands, and let us speak together. Say what ye will, said Tristram, and I will answer you. Sir, said Bleoberis, I wit of whence ye be, and of whom ye become, and what is your name? So God me help, said Sir Tristram, I fear not to tell you my name. Wit ye well, I am King Meliodias's son, and my mother is King Mark's sister, and my name is Sir Tristram de Lyonnais, and King Mark is mine uncle. Truly, said Bleoberis, I am right glad of you, for ye are he that slew Marhaus the knight, hand for hand in an island, for the truage of Cornwall. Also ye overcame Sir Palamedes the good knight at a tournament in an island, where ye beat Sir Gawain and his nine fellows, 
So God help me, said Sir Tristram, wit ye well that I am the same knight. Now I have told you my name, tell me yours with good will. Wit ye well that my name is Sir Bleoberus de Ganis, and my brother hight Sir Blamor de Ganis. That is called a good knight, and we be sisters' children unto my lord Sir Lancelot de Lac. That we call one of the best knights of the world. That is truth, said Sir Tristram. Sir Lancelot is called peerless of courtesy and of knighthood. And for his sake, said Sir Tristram, I will not with my good will fight no more with you. For the great love I have to Sir Lancelot du Lac. In good faith, said Bleoberus, as for me, I will be loath to fight with you. But sithen ye follow me here to have this lady, I shall proffer you kindness, courtesy, and gentleness, right here upon this ground. This lady shall be betwixt us both, and to whom that she will go, let him have her in peace. I will well, said Tristram, for, as I deem, she will leave you and come to me. Ye shall prove it anon, said Leobarus. Chapter 18 how the lady forsook Sir Tristram, and bode with Sir Bleoberus, and how she desired to go to her husband. So when she was set betwixt them both, she said these words unto Sir Tristram, Wit ye well, Sir Tristram de Lyonnes, that but late thou wast the man in the world that I most loved and trusted, and I weened thou hast loved me again above all ladies. But when thou sawest this knight lead me away, thou madest no cheer to rescue me, but suffered my lord, Seguaridus, right after me. But until that time I weened thou hadst loved me, and therefore now I will leave thee, and never love thee more. And therewithal she went to Sir Bleoberus. When Sir Tristram saw her do so, he was wonderly wroth with that lady, and ashamed to come to the court. Sir Tristram, said Sir Bleoberus, ye are in the default. For I hear by this lady's words, she before this day trusted you above all earthly knights. And, as she saith, ye, ye have deceived her, and wit ye well, there nay, therefore wit ye well, there may no man hold that will away. And rather than ye should be heartily pleased with me, I would ye had her, and she would abide with you. Nay, said the lady, so God me help, I will never go with him. For he that I loved most, I weened he had loved me. And therefore, Sir Tristram, she said, ride as thou came, for though thou hadst overcome this night, as ye was likely, with thee never would I have gone. And I shall pray this knight so fair of his knighthood that, or ever he pass this country, that he will lead me to the abbey where my lord, Sir Seguaridus, lieth. So God me help, said Leoberus. I let you wit, good knight, Sir Tristram, because King Mark gave me the choice of a gift in this court. And so this lady liked me best, notwithstanding she is wedded and hath a lord, and I have fulfilled my quest. She shall be, 
she shall be sent unto her husband again, and in especial most for your sake, Sir Tristram. And if she would go with you, I would ye had her. I thank you, said Sir Tristram, but for her love I shall beware what manner a lady I shall love or trust. For had her lord, Sir Seguerides, been away from the court, I should have been the first that should have followed you. But sithen that ye have refused me, as I am true knight, I shall her know passingly well that I shall love or trust. And so they took their leave, one from the other, and departed. And so Sir Tristram rode unto Tintagel, and Sir Bleoberis rode unto the abbey where Sir Seguerides lay sore wounded, and there he delivered his lady and departed as a noble knight. And when Sir Seguerides saw his lady, he was greatly comforted. And then she told him that Sir Tristram had done great battle with Sir Bleoberis, and caused him to bring her again. These words pleased Sir Seguerides right well, that Sir Tristram would do so much. And so that lady told all the battle unto King Mark betwixt Sir Tristram and Sir Bleoberis. Chapter 19 How King Mark sent Sir Tristram for La Belle Isoud toward Ireland, and how by fortune he arrived into England. Then when this was done, King Mark cast always in his heart how he might destroy Sir Tristram. And then he imagined in himself to send Sir Tristram into Ireland for La Belle Isoud. So, for Sir Tristram had so praised her beauty and her goodness that King Mark said that he would wed her. Whereupon he prayed Sir Tristram to take his way into Ireland for him on message. And all this was done to the intent to slay Sir Tristram. Notwithstanding, Sir Tristram would not refuse the message for no danger nor peril that might fall for the pleasure of his uncle, but to go he made him ready in the most goodliest wise that might be devised. For Sir Tristram took with him the most goodliest knights that he might find in the court, and they were arrayed after the guise that was then used in the goodliest manner. So Sir Tristram departed and took the sea with all his fellowship, and anon as he was in the broad sea a tempest took him and his fellowship, and drove them back into the coast of England, and there they arrived fast by Camelot, and full fain they were to take the land. And when they were landed, Sir Tristram set up his pavilion upon the land of Camelot, and there he let hang his shield upon the pavilion. And that same day came two knights of King Arthur's, that one was Sir Ector de Maris and Sir Morganor. And they touched the shield and bade him come out of the pavilion for to joust, and he would joust. Ye shall be answered, said Sir Tristram, and ye will tarry a little while. So he made him ready, and first he smote down Sir Ector de Maris, and after he smote down Sir Morganor, all with one spear, and sore bruised them. 
And when they lay upon the earth, they asked Sir Tristram what he was, and of what country he was knight. Fair lords, said Sir Tristram, wit ye well that I am of Cornwall. Alas, said Sir Ector, now I am ashamed that ever any Cornish knight should overcome me. And then for despite Sir Ector put off his armor from him, and went on foot, and would not ride. Chapter 20 How King Anguish of Ireland was summoned to come to King Arthur's court for treason. Then it fell that Sir Bleoberis and Sir Blamor Durganis, that were brethren, they had summoned the King Anguish of Ireland for to come to Arthur's court upon pain of forfeiture of King Arthur's good grace. And if the King of Ireland came not in, at the day assigned and set, the king should lose his lands. And so it happened that at the day assigned, King Arthur, neither Sir Lancelot might not be there, for to give the judgment, for King Arthur was with Sir Lancelot at the castle Joyous Guard. And so King Arthur assigned King Carados and the King of Scots to be there that day as judges. So when the kings were at Camelot, King Anguish of Ireland was come to know his accusers. Then was there Sir Blamor de Ganis, and appealed the King of Ireland of treason. That he had slain a cousin of his in his court in Ireland by treason. The king was sore abashed of his accusation, for why he was come at the summons of King Arthur, and or he came at Camelot wist not wherefore he was sent after. And when the king heard Sir Blamor say his will, he understood well there was none other remedy but for to answer him knightly. For the custom was such in those days, that an any man were appealed of any treason or murder, he should fight body for body, or else to find another knight for him. And all manner of murders in those days were called treason. So, when King Anguish understood his accusing, he was passing heavy, for he knew Sir Blamor de Ganis, that he was a noble knight, and of noble knights come. Then the king of Ireland was simply purveyed of his answer. Therefore the judges gave him respite by the third day to give his answer. So the king departed unto his lodging. The meanwhile there came a lady by Sir Tristram's pavilion, making great dole. What aileth you, said Sir Tristram, that he make such dole? Ah, fair knight, said the lady, I am ashamed unless that some good knight help me. For a great lady of worship sent by me a fair child, and a rich unto Sir Lancelot du Lac, and hereby there met me with a knight, and threw me down from my palfrey, and took away the child from me. Well, my lady, said Sir Tristram, and for my lord Sir Lancelot's sake, I shall get you that child again, or else I shall be beaten for it. And so Sir Tristram took his horse, and asked the lady which way the knight rode, and then she told him. And he rode after him, and within a while he overtook that knight. And then Sir Tristram bade him turn, and give again the child. Chapter 21 how Sir Tristram rescued a child from a knight, and how Gouvernail 
told him of King Anguish. The knight turned his horse and made him ready to fight. And then Sir Tristram smote him with a sword, such a buffet that he tumbled to the earth. And then he yielded him unto Sir Tristram. Then come thy way, said Sir Tristram, and bring the child to the lady again. So he took his horse meekly and rode with Sir Tristram. And then, by the way, Sir Tristram asked him his name. Then he said, My name is Bruce Sansepite. So when he had delivered that child to the lady, he said, Sir, as in this the child is well remedied. Then Sir Tristram let him go again. That sore repented him after, for he was a great foe unto many good knights of King Arthur's court. Then when Sir Tristram was in his pavilion, Gouvernail, his man, came and told him how the King Anguish of Ireland was come thither, and he was put in great distress. And there Gouvernail told Sir Tristram how King Anguish was summoned and appealed of murder. So God me help, said Sir Tristram. These be the best tidings that ever came to me this seven years, for now shall the King of Ireland have need of my help. For I dare say there is no knight in this country that is not of Arthur's court dare do battle with Sir Blamor de Ganis, and for to win the love of the King of Ireland I will take the battle upon me. And therefore, Gouvernail, bring me, I charge thee, to the king. Then Gouvernail went unto King Anguish of Ireland, and saluted him fair. The king welcomed him, and asked him what he would. Sir, said Gouvernail, there is a knight near hand that desireth to speak with you. He bade me say he would do you service. What knight is he? said the king. Sir, said he, it is Sir Tristram, du Lyonnais, that for your good grace that ye showed him in your lands will reward you in this country. Come on, fellow, said the king, with me and on, and show me unto Sir Tristram. So the king took a little hackney and but a few fellowship with him, until he came unto Sir Tristram's pavilion. And when Sir Tristram saw the king, he ran unto him and would have holden his stirrup. But the king leapt from his horse lightly, and either halsed other in their arms. My gracious lord, said Sir Tristram, Gramercy of your great goodness showed unto me in your marches and lands, and at that time I promised you to do service, and ever it lay in my power. And, gentle knight, said the king unto Sir Tristram, now have I great need of you. Never had I so great need of no knight's help. How so, my good lord, said Sir Tristram. I shall tell you, said the king. I am summoned and appealed from my country for the death of a knight that was kin unto the good knight Sir Lancelot. Wherefore, Sir Blamor de Ganis, brother to Sir Bleoberis, hath appealed me to fight with him, Uther, to find a knight in my steed. And well I wot, said the king, these that are come of King Ban's blood, as Sir Lancelot and these other are passing good knights, and hard men for to win in battle as any that I know now living. Sir, said Sir Tristram, for the good lordship ye showed me in Ireland, and for my lady your daughter's sake, 
la bile is où. I take the battle for you upon this condition that ye shall grant me two things, that one is that ye shall swear to me that ye are in the right, that ye were never consenting to the knight's death. Sir, then said Sir Tristram, when that I have done this battle, if God give me grace that I speed, that ye shall give me a reward, what thing reasonable that I will ask of you. So God me help, said the king, ye shall have whatsoever ye will ask. It is well said, said Sir Tristram. Chapter 22 How Sir Tristram fought for Sir Anguish, and overcame his adversary, and how his adversary would never yield him. Now make your answer that your champion is ready, for I shall die in your quarrel rather than to be recreant. I have no doubt of you, said the king, that and ye should have ado with Sir Lancelot du Lac. Sir, said Sir Tristram, as for Sir Lancelot, he is called the noblest knight of the world, and wit ye well that the knights of his blood are noble men, and dread shame. And as for Bleoberis, brother unto Sir Blamor, I have done battle with him, and therefore upon my head it is no shame to call him a good knight. It is noise, said the king, that Blamor is the hardier knight. Sir, as for that, let him be. He shall never be refused. And as he were the best knight that now beareth shield or spear. So King Anguish departed unto King Carados and the kings that were at that time his judges, and told them that he had found his champion ready. Then by the commandment of the kings, Sir Blamor Durganis and Sir Tristram were sent for to hear the charge. And when they were come before the judges, there were many kings and knights beheld Sir Tristram, and much speech they had of him, because that he slew Sir Machaus, the good knight, and because he had four jousted Sir Palamides, the good knight. So when they had taken their charge, they withdrew them to make them ready to do battle. Then said Sir Bleoberis unto his brother Sir Blamor, Fair dear brother, remember of what kin we be come of, and what a man is Sir Lancelot du Lac, neither father nor nearer but brother's children, and there was never none of our kin that ever was shamed in battle, and rather suffered death, brother, than to be shamed. Brother, said Blamor, have ye no doubt of me? For I shall never shame none of my blood. Howbeit I am sure that yonder knight is called a passing good knight, as of his time one of the world. Yet shall I never yield me, nor say the loath word. Well may he happen to smite me down with his great might of chivalry, but rather shall he slay me than I shall yield me as recreant. God speed you well, said Sir Bleoberis, for ye shall find him the mightiest knight that ever ye had ado withal. For I know him, for I have had ado with him. 
God me speed, said Sir Blamor de Ganis, and therewith he took his horse at one end of the lists, and Sir Tristram at the other end of the lists. And so they furtered their spears and came together as if it had been thunder. And there Sir Tristram through a great might smote down Sir Blamor and his horse to the earth. Then anon Sir Blamor avoided his horse and pulled out his sword and threw his shield afore him and bade Sir Tristram alight. For though an horse hath failed me, I trust to God the earth will not fail me. And then Sir Tristram alighted and dressed him unto battle. And there they lashed together strongly as racing and tracing, foining and dashing many sad strokes that the kings and the knights had great wonder that they might stand for ever they fought like wood men so that there were never knights seen fight more fiercely than they did for sir blamor was so hasty that he would have no rest that all men wondered that they had breath to stand on their feet and all the place was bloody that they had fought in and at the last Sir Tristram smote Sir Blamor such a buffet upon the helm that he there fell down upon his side, and Sir Tristram stood and beheld him. End of Book 8, Chapters 17 through 22. This has been a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox. Dot org. Read by M.J. The Mortator, Volume 1, by Sir Thomas Mallory, Book 8, Chapter 17 through 22.